is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So if you're with us last week, you'll know that we looked at the subject of three G's to weed out. And uh, like weeds in a garden, there are some things that we need to watch for both in our own lives and in God's church that we need to be prepared to weed out and to deal with. And we looked, about, we looked at the subjects of weeding out gossip and grumbling and greed. And like I said last week, it wasn't an easy message to preach, but did feel that I was being obedient to the Lord uh, in, in bringing it. So I wonder, did, did, you don't have to put your hands up for this, okay? Don't worry. But I wonder, did God put his finger on anything for you? I wonder, did you have some honest conversations with people, maybe in life group about it this week, perhaps? Well, this week... We've got three G's to grow in. So this is the things where we're going to be looking at some things that are positive, that we need to grow in and encourage. And this is the fun week, okay? So for those of you here today or watching online today, you're thinking, I wonder what he's going to preach about today. It's like, this is the good one, okay? So these are the things that we're going to be going for, encouraging, blessing, attitudes or character traits that we want to cultivate encourage and celebrate in one another, in ourselves and in God's church. So that's where we're going today. Does that sound good? You happy you came this week rather than last week? If you missed last week, you can get it online. It's on our YouTube channel. I'd encourage you to take a watch. And the the flip side, if you like, is this week. And we're going to look at grace and gratitude and godliness. So if you're taking notes, they're your three G's. Grace, gratitude, and godliness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that already you've been speaking to us today. And we pray now as we spend the remainder of our time together looking at these subjects, that you would come and teach us, apply your word to our lives and to your church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So number one then is grace. Now, I have to admit, to include the subject of grace in a sermon that also has two other points that I want to make does not really do it justice. Some of you will be sitting there thinking, I don't know how it's going to do this. Never mind in one sermon, but a third of one preach. And I would feel the same way. Actually, there is far too much to talk about to include, you know, they could take a whole series and maybe it should at some point. But what we are going to do this morning is touch on the headlines and give you some pointers towards it. Terry Virgo, the founder of the the movement of churches that we're part of in New Frontiers, is a great exponent on the subject of God's grace. And I, I guess we often associate, don't we, grace with becoming a Christian. And, and it's right, we should associate grace with uh, becoming a Christian. The Bible's really clear. You are saved by grace, not by works. You know that, don't you? 
Some of you know that. Okay, so I'm telling you, you need to know, you're saved by grace, not by your effort, not by work. So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says this, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Really clear, isn't it? It is by grace, the grace of God, that you've been saved. So grace is getting for free that which you don't deserve. And it's an invitation to a relationship with God. I don't know if you're perhaps like me, maybe every now and then you get one, you get, get a sort of special letter through the post. Do you ever get those? Occasionally I get this special letter through the post from a certain credit card company inviting me to apply for their very exclusive, very special, only offered to a very limited number of people, new whizzy credit card. I'm thinking, oh, special. I'm, I'm, I'm invited. I'm included. So I'm sort of reading through the benefits of what I get and all sorts of things are included and all sorts of insurances and, and all sorts of things. Oh, this is, this is very nice. And I, I sort of sit there thinking, this is really good. I, I've been invited here and I, and I just have to sort of sign and send it back. This, this is great. And then I get to the bottom of the letter and right at the very bottom of the letter in, in quite small print for some of my, someone of my sensitive eyesight, I'm sort of struggling. What does it say there? Ah, the small print says there's a cost. The new whizzy card that I've already got quite excited about does not come free. There is an annual fee of whatever it is, 200, 300 pounds a year. For I'm thinking, well, can't really justify that. Not going to be signing up today. It's an invitation, but there's a price for me to pay if I weren't in on the offer. You know, with your relationship with God, there is an invitation that comes your way. It has your name on it. God has picked you out and written an invitation to you for a relationship with Him. And actually, just like my occasional credit card invitation, there is a price to pay. However, the good news is that somebody else has paid the price. The good news is, for your relationship with God, is that somebody else has paid the price that is necessary and required for it. Somebody had to take the punishment that should have been yours everything that you've done that has offended God, everything that, uh, every way that you have rebelled against him. But rather than let you pay with your life, Jesus, the Bible tells us, died in your place. He paid the price that was required for you to have a relationship with God now eternal life with him when you die. That's grace. You don't deserve it. You haven't earned it. 
You couldn't afford it even if it was for sale, which it isn't. Romans 5 verse 8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? Some good news there, isn't there? Jesus has died for you. God wants a relationship with you and he's paid the price that is required for it. And if that's new news for you today, if you'd like to know more about that, then come and talk to me or to Adam afterwards. If you came with a friend, talk to them about it. That's the grace of God making it possible for you to have relationship with him. With him. But for many of you this morning, you'll be sitting here, you'll be thinking, that, that, Graham, that's, that's great, but I'm already a Christian, so I've already experienced the grace of God. Why do I need to grow in it? Well, you do need to grow in it. John Wimber, the, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, uh, another family of churches, said this once. He said, the way in is the way on. The way in is the way on. And he was referring to the grace of God, to faith in Jesus. He was saying, well, the way in is, is the grace of God. But actually, the way you grow as a Christian, the way on in the Christian faith is also the grace of God. To be fruitful in the Christian life, you need to live by grace. God gives us gifts by his grace. We don't deserve them, don't have any right to them, but they're gifts from God by his grace. The way we treat one another, the way that we have conversations with one another should be full of grace. The way we disciple one another should be full of grace. Doesn't mean there can't be challenge, like we were talking about last week particularly. But it should be full of grace. I wonder, is your life full of God's grace? This is a G for you to grow in today and ongoing. See, the trouble is that often when people first become a Christian, they think, oh, maybe I need to do something. Maybe I need to add something to the equation here. Maybe, you know, it isn't just about believing in Jesus and putting my trust in him and following him. Maybe I need to add something. Maybe I need to, you know, do something good to make God choose me and, and forgive me. And oh, we know that's not true. It's by grace you're saved. But sometimes, as Christians, we get into the trap of thinking, oh, it's about Jesus and prayer. Or maybe it's Jesus and the Bible, re reading it and studying it. Maybe, it's a, maybe we get into the trap of thinking, well, it's, it's Jesus and serving him. Jesus and witnessing, or Jesus and dot, dot, dot. You can, you can put whatever you like into the equation, into the gap there. But friends... The way in is the way on. The way you grow as a Christian, the way that God sees you, doesn't change by what you do. You know, those things are bad. Prayer, reading the Bible, witnessing, serving, all those things are good. And as you do those things, you're growing your relationship with God. But listen, it won't change how God views you. It won't change what he thinks of you. 
Because that's purely by grace. Purely by grace. You know, over the years, I've found that the Christians who really understand God's grace and live in the good of it, I've found typically they are the most joyful Christians I know. So I wonder, would this describe you? Or is this a G for you to grow in? Christians that don't quite understand it spend most of their time trying to please God and placate him. And the truth is, nothing you do will change how God sees you. It's all by his grace. So, how is it for you? Are your interactions with others characterized by grace? Are you a, a person full of grace? Or is this a G for you to grow in today? That's the first one. Second one, second G is gratitude. Gratitude is about a heart which is thankful. A heart which is grateful. You know, I think we should be some of the most thankful and grateful people around, don't you? Wouldn't you agree? Actually, with all we've experienced in God, all that we know we've received from him, shouldn't we be the most thankful and grateful people on the planet? I think we should. Think of all that God has done for you. It says this in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Does that describe you? Overflowing with thankfulness. Bubbling up with thankfulness and gratitude for every occasion. There's an old song by Mark Altrogi, which has a chorus, which is this. I'm forever grateful to you. I'm forever grateful for the cross. And I'm forever grateful to you that you came to seek and save the lost. Anyone remember that song? Or is it just me? There's a handful of hands. <laughs> but listen, it's got some great truth in it. Are you forever grateful that Jesus came to seek and save the lost? That's you. That's me. I remember my father-in-law preaching many years ago. Some of you would know him. And he was preaching about this subject of thankfulness and gratitude. And I remember him saying, listen, if you want to feel great, be grateful. That's an interesting phrase. If you want to feel great, be grateful. Well, I guess all of us want to feel great most of the time, but it sounded like there was a key here about gratitude and thankfulness. You can say, Graham, that just sounds simplistic. That just sounds glib. You don't know what I'm going through. Well, I understand you might be going through the most traumatic of times right now. Maybe even being here was a challenge for you today. <clears throat> you might be going through the most agonizing pain that you've ever faced. Sense of confusion and loss, maybe. You know, I understand that. We all face times like that to one degree or another. I can think of times in my own life which have been pretty challenging. 
Maybe, you've gone, maybe you're going through something far worse than that. I don't know. And you can think, oh, Graham, that just sounds glib. You don't understand. But listen, it's not glib. Please stay with me. Don't allow your heart to be hardened in this moment. Proverbs 28 verse 14 says, whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. Don't harden your heart. Just stay with me. Don't let Satan rob you of a way out here. Don't let him rob you of what God wants to do. You know, it's easy to be upset at what God hasn't done rather than grateful for what he has done. T earlier was talking about her recent past in the last few months and seeing God answer prayers for others and not yet for her. Maybe you've experienced a time like that. It's easy to be upset at what God hasn't done rather than grateful for what he has done for you. Be grateful for what God has done. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Paul doesn't say, give thanks for all circumstances. Do you notice that? He doesn't say give thanks for the circumstance that you're in, for the challenge that you're experiencing right now, but rather it says give thanks in all circumstances. In the midst of trial, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of challenge, pain, confusion, loss. Give thanks in all circumstances. You don't need to give thanks for the circumstance necessarily, but the Bible does call us to give thanks in every circumstance. Be grateful for what God has done. I wonder what can you be grateful for this morning? Maybe you should just write down a few headings. If you're a Christian this morning, then the first thing surely is being grateful for your relationship with him. Being grateful for your forgiveness, the new life that God has given you. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music on the harp, says the psalmist in Psalm 147. What can you be grateful for today? Then number three, <clears throat> we get to, and remember what number three was? Godliness is number three. In 1 Timothy 6, Paul contrasts Timothy and his behavior and his attitude and characteristics with that of the false teachers that he refers to earlier in the chapter. And he says this in 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. That would have been another good G, wouldn't it? Gentleness. But it's godliness we're going for at the moment. So I wonder, are you pursuing godliness? Are you pursuing being more like Jesus? Are you pursuing that? You know, Jesus didn't call people to become Christians. He called people to follow him. To become his disciples. And that's the same call of us, to be his disciples. And actually, to be disciples that make other disciples. It's the call that Actually, Jesus calls us to. I wonder, are you pursuing 
godliness. It says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. How do we encourage one another in godliness? I wonder, are we doing that? Are we having those sort of honest conversations with one another where we're, we're encouraging godliness, encouraging one another in the Lord, spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. For physical training is of some value, 1 Timothy 4 verse 8, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. I want to encourage us, friends, to pursue godliness, pursue being more like Jesus. Listen, it's not going to change what God thinks about you. But, hey, you've got to become more like Jesus. Isn't that good? You get to grow in your relationship with him, become more sensitive to his voice. He starts to speak more to you. doesn't mean he loves you more than the next person. Doesn't change his choosing of you as a son or, or daughter. Uh, you learn to become more sensitive to all that he says. You become to be become more like Jesus. You get to be more like Jesus to those around you, to those who don't yet know him. As you pursue godliness and becoming more like him. I think it's a G for us to grow in. Bible encourages us to, to grow in godliness, becoming more like Jesus. <clears throat> but listen, before we finish, I've got one more G. In true Steve Jobs style, one more thing before we finish. A bonus G, if you like. And it's the G of generosity. You know, I said last week that generosity is the antidote to greed. And we ought to seek to, to grow, being, grow in being generous. We've, always had, we've already had gratitude, haven't we? And I, I guess the two are closely linked, actually. Generosity is, of, is sometimes the visible fruit of gratitude. But generosity is our bonus G this morning our extra one before we finish. Because we have a very generous God, don't we? Do you believe that? Think about it. How else can you describe God who created the very world we live in? Who gave us free will. Who then sent his son in order to redeem us, to use the word from earlier to make it possible for us to have relationship with him God's heart is a generous heart John 3.16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life you know if we talk about the subject of generosity I guess our our default, if you like, where we go to first is the area of money. And it does include what we do with our money. It does include our giving to God. I'll touch on that in a moment. But actually it applies to far more than that. 
It applies to our time, our friendships, our possessions, how we live our very lives. Are, are you known as a generous person? Would those around you call you generous? We should aim to be generous in every area of life. Yes, it includes money and giving to God and giving to others and blessing those around us, but it's not exclusively that. It should be every area of life. I wonder, is this a G for you to grow in today? It says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, that each man should give to God what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Are you not only generous, but are you known being cheerful in it? Would you describe yourself as generous or is this a G for you to grow in? <clears throat> God does, give up, does call us to give to him. Maybe that's something for you to grow in in, in coming days and weeks and months and, and what you do with your finances, all that God has given you. I wonder, are you giving a proportion back to him regularly? Or is that an area of life that you've perhaps struggled to get, get a hold on? We don't have time this morning to look at everything the Bible says about generosity and giving to God. But we are, the Bible does make it very clear we're called to be a generous people and part of that is our worship and giving to him as part of our worship. You know, I don't know what people give around here, apart from us. But I do know that God sees it and he loves to bless and to Encourage generous giving. So I want to encourage you to grow in it and, and trust God in it that you might be a, a generous person and God blesses you for it. Over these couple of weeks, we've looked at some G's to weed out last time. And this morning, looked at some G's to grow in. And like I said, I think the reality is we could have spent at least a week, if not more, on each of these. And maybe it's some subjects that we'll come back to at different points. But I trust we've highlighted some different characteristics, some to weed out and some to grow in. And maybe the Holy Spirit has put his finger on some things even today for you. So we're going to finish in a moment. I'm going to finish by just having a moment of quiet and asking God to speak to our hearts. And just like we did last week and asked the Holy Spirit to put his finger on what it was that he wanted us to grow in. And so, so, sorry, last week was the, what was the Holy Spirit putting his finger on to weed out. What today does God want to put his finger on for us to grow in? Is it grace? Is it gratitude? Is it godliness? Or is it generosity? Let's just become, let's become, come before the Lord as we, as we close our time together. Heavenly Father, as we take these few moments of quiet, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would put your finger 
on an area of our lives that you want us to today grow in. Last week you spoke to us about weeding out some things. Today I pray you'd speak to us about growing in some things. And I pray right now in these moments as we conclude our time, I pray that you would speak to each heart here, both in the room and on the live stream. I pray you'd highlight one of these four areas for us to grow in. I guess the reality is we could all grow in all of these areas, Lord, but I pray right now, would you put your finger on one of them particularly? What do you want us to grow on in the coming week or two? Would you speak to us now, Lord? Father, I pray that you would give us both opportunity and courage to grow in one of these particular areas over the next week or two. Lord, will we have both opportunity and courage? And Lord, ultimately, would we grow in all of these areas, both individually and as a church? We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. You don't have to rush off, so please do stay around. If you've got kids in Croatia or Frog Club, do please go fetch them. We're hoping that refreshments will return either next week or a couple of weeks after. That'd be good, wouldn't it? So, tea and coffee and donuts, we trust. We'll be returning very soon, but don't feel you've got to rush off today. Please do stay around and chat. And look forward to seeing you next Sunday back here at 10 o'clock. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.